Every single time someone leaves a job and becomes an entrepreneur, it's not in that moment when they decide now is the time for me to jump. It's months beforehand where someone says, I should get out. And then only months later or years later when they actually decide to make that leap. So we have a guest who's going to share her story of her tipping point in corporate America where she decided enough was enough. She pursued entrepreneurship, what that journey was like, and things you could learn from what she experienced through that transition. So our guest shares results-oriented secrets of entrepreneurship so business owners can discover their best next steps and why they aren't getting the results they want to achieve. She works one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs to ensure they are getting the results they deserve. Our guest who joins us is none other than Aaron Halicki. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. This is such an amazing opportunity. I'm so excited to be here today. Aaron, I'm so happy to have you on Ditch the Job. And I feel like when it comes to the transition, a lot of people, they feel like they want to make the transition, but they don't, they're afraid and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about your tipping point and when you decided that I have to jump ship here? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, there have been two tipping points for me. So uh, if we rewind the clock about four years, I was just quitting a job in corporate where I was really, really, really unhappy. And I'd been unhappy for about a year, but it didn't really come to a head until maybe six months before that. And all the signs started lining up. You know, people were either not giving me the credibility uh, or, you know, like they, they were telling me to swim in my lane, even though they'd tell me that the responsibility much, was much greater than that. Or the other thing that was happening was I'd go and I wasn't deriving a lot of joy from the work that I was doing. And so I was crying going to and from work and realizing that for somebody like me who had a ton of education and a, a career of successful career jumps and escalations, like I really, I was like on paper, I looked great right? But there was something clearly not matching up on the insides that was uh, working very well on the outsides. But it, I think for me, what really happened was a, the first thing was literally a breaking point. It wasn't even a tipping point. It's like it got to the point where I knew that there was something else I should be doing, but I wasn't exactly sure what. And maybe, I don't even know how many months ahead it was from, from when I quit. But my sister and I had been watching a TV show. Um, my first venture was starting an app in the online dating space and I never got it to, to get developed or anything. So don't go looking for it. You won't find it, but you'll find it on my LinkedIn. If you go check it out, um, it was called scope me out. And the whole idea of it was like raising the credibility in the dating game because that show catfish was so popular at the time. And my sister and I were like obsessed with watching it. So this idea started forming in my head about, you know, I've been online dating on and off for like 10 years at this point. I probably have some really interesting information for the people in that sphere to make it a better experience for them. And that just started rolling. And so that I think that combined with my unhappiness at work of having this idea that I knew would help people beyond what my job was doing on a day-to-day -day basis versus like this potential to like create. But at the time I didn't have words for that. All I knew was that I was tremendously unhappy in my job and that I really had some other things that I was more interested in, but just didn't know what that would look like. And so, uh, you know, for anybody who's in that position, because I imagine there are people in that position where they feel like maybe they're made for more or they have tremendous ideas and they're not sure what to do next. 
I think my first advice would just be like a gut check and just make sure that you're actually aligned, A, with the idea that you have. <laughs> and then B, like what, what is really causing you to feel not that great in your job? And not that I'm advocating because your, your whole podcast is not about staying in the job, but people need to be in jobs. I mean, that's the way our economy works, right? And so sometimes I feel like people prematurely jump when they may not have the good basis in reality of being connected to their business or even knowing what the skill set looks like because a corporate skill set definitely does not line up one for one with what you need to be successful as an entrepreneur. So my, my first breaking point, tipping point, really launched me into a, a space that I was not familiar with. You know, I had had so much corporate success with bumper rails and guidance and bureaucracy and structure and, you know, whatever you want to call that. But then when you got outside of that box, I, I found myself kind of floundering. I wasn't sure who to ask for help. And the ironic part was I was in Silicon Valley, which is like, everybody has dreams of this. Like, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be the next Uber or Airbnb or whatever. And I have to tell you from an insider's perspective, unless you had a hardcore product, most people were looking at startups as only like techie tech startups. And, and the money wasn't exactly flowing from the trees as, as people might imagine. So when I went out there, I was thinking like, I'll just get this pitch deck, have the business plan and it's gonna happen. And, and it turns out that's not the reality, right? Mm -hmm. so, so when people are going through their journey and stepping into the entrepreneurship, uh, I think a good sense of themselves is really critical because there were times where I literally was like, this is not even worth it anymore. Why am I doing this? Why did I quit my six figure job to now go stumbling through something that I really don't even have confidence in myself knowing what to do? And, and I wish that at the time, people in Silicon Valley had been more open to sharing their experience. Uh, ironically, what I found was I was coming down to San Diego, which is where I live now, and the community down here was actually much, much more open to sharing information between the entrepreneurs and actually supporting and nurturing the business from the foundling stage up until you know, possibly getting funding. And, and so there was this lore right of like why can i not get what i need in the place that i'm supposed to be? you know this is the the mythological mecca of entrepreneurship and i'm struggling so you know i, I want to give that message to people too that if you're in a place that may not be as accessible in terms of what you consider resources for this the internet is your best friend and there are tons of coaches and accountability people out there if that's if that's a thing for you um i wish i had reached out for help a lot sooner i was stubborn and, and I really lone wolfed it, solopreneured it for a long time. And by the time that I actually realized that market research and feedback was so critical to the early stage versus having a logo or a website or whatever, you know, like I focused my energy so not in the right place. Uh, but my, my learning from that was if I did it again, I didn't want to have that same failure. And so um, there were some other people in the dating space that kind of moved to where I was wanting to go. And, and I just decided I wasn't that aligned and passionate about that idea anymore. And, and that's when I found uh, my love of podcasts actually, because I was, I was really feeling depressed, you know, it's like a breakup. You, you, you love the thing so much and, and you really want it to work out and you've invested so much time and energy. And then you get to this point where you're like, Hmm, maybe this really isn't the right thing for me. And as an entrepreneur, I think it's important as a business acumen in a sense, to know when those, those points are in your business, because you can be passionate and do, 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 do. But if you're not in alignment with your being in the business, you're gonna not see the results that you want. And so at the time, I didn't know that. I, I just was going through the motions, experiencing it, and then I called it quits. So I actually went back to corporate America. So this is why there's two tipping points. 
And when I went back, what I did was I reinvented myself. I became a software developer because as ironic as it sounds, it was impossible to find one in Silicon Valley at the time who would work for basically free. As we know in entrepreneurship, there's a lot of trade, you know, like I'll do this for you for equity or whatever. No, people just were like straight up, I want $100,000 to develop your app. I'm like, well, no, I'm not even paying myself. So that's not gonna work, right? And, and I became a developer to fill that need. Again, still kind of hacking down this solopreneur path. I, I didn't want another idea to die and not be able to develop at least a very crude prototype. And so uh, ironically, I'd been trying to get a job in San Diego on the like business side of the house, like you know, operations, administrative type functions, finance, strategy, that. Took me eight years and a career reinvention to finally get down here. And, and instantaneously, I mean, if anybody's curious about tech, I would encourage like indulging yourself in that because coding is actually not as hard as people like make it out to be. But if you want it to be a career, you truly have to be passionate about it, just like being an entrepreneur, right? You know, anything that you're gonna undertake, whether it's in a career path or an entrepreneurial kind of outside the box career path, just gut check, make sure you're, you're attached <laughs> somewhere in there. And it got to the point like a year into that, that coding journey, I was down here, I was working in San Diego, my dream location, and I just realized something still wasn't quite right. And that's when I, I knew, I knew my life couldn't be the same again. I had, a, I had a particular tipping moment where I kind of saw this perspective that I actually had a greater influence on things than I ever gave myself credit for in a very creative way. And, and so I said, that's it. I'm going back. I need to start building this business for myself. And I realized that I give people clarity uh, for free, <laughs> which is great. And I'll still continue to do that and, you know, drips and drabs, but, but it's like, how could I form a business around what people gave me kudos for on a regular basis? So it's about listening. It's about uh, knowing yourself. It's about resilience. Like being an entrepreneur has so many different facets. And it took me that little break, I think, to really get a foundation, who I was, what really appealed to me. And that gave me such a great launching point for like where I am now. And, and I will not look back, you know, I have, I still have a nine to five in terms of like income. So again, you were talking about the, you know, it's kind of like learning to drive a stick shift car. My dad, oh my God, he was so embarrassed. We get to a stop sign and I was, I was trying to impress both him and my sister in the car because I was learning how to drive a stick. And uh, I was still in the mindset that you had to somehow release the clutch and instantaneously push the gas, which uh, you might not be able to see my hands right now, but what I'm doing is kind of like this rough transition. And, and re in reality, when you're driving a stick shift, it actually helps to kind of like ease into that transition. Like you're kind of like pushing both levers at the same time. And in entrepreneurship, unless you have tremendous amount of funding <laughs> right up front uh, or, you know, a cash pile that you can dig into, unless you have that and a very solid sense of market feedback already, I would not encourage the jump. The jump should be waiting until the point where you can kind of ease in and start testing your market a little bit and seeing the proof of concept, proof of viability, so that if you do want investment or you do want to see, you know, cash and other things coming in, that you can kind of see it before we've totally left this, you know, the safety net behind. But in the same turn, this, and this is where it gets weird as an entrepreneur, if you wait too long, and a lot of us are perfectionists out there, you know, needing to be right, needing to look good, all these things that can also hinder us in truly taking off with a business. So it's a fine dance. And it really is about kind of like evening out the pedals, so to speak, and figuring out what's gonna work for you. And, and I love that people are always coming in with the spot treatments. Like I'm gonna give you the three-step process or the whatever. And, and in my experience, it's been much more systemic than that. Like um, I actually have a great mentor who talks a lot about trauma-informed coaching. And I was like, 
well, this sounds interesting for me from my own traumatic experiences in life, right? I think we all have them, you know, it could be like some, you didn't get the ice cream cone that you wanted when you were three. You know, these things affect us very deeply. Well, I didn't understand in my first entrepreneurial journey how a lot of that was holding me back, like these filters and experiences that I'd built up over time were causing me to hesitate or rely so much on an external validation of my idea when it was like, sometimes the passion you have is enough. And if you don't have that confidence, it's like, where are you at, right? But I felt like that journey for me of understanding like these, these we come up against these like thresholds, almost like the Indiana Jones scene where he has to throw out the, the pebbles, right? You know, it's kind of like you have to like step out onto the walkway, not knowing what's out there. And um, that'll bring up a lot of stuff for people. And so I noticed for myself that like being able to walk through that on my, on my own in my own experience has tremendously helped people see results in their business because it's like magic to them. But really what it is, is getting in touch with who you are and how you react in different situations. And the byproduct of that is actually you become a better leader and, and better posture to lead an organization because you actually are calmer under these like, you know, precipices or tension type situations. And I mean, a lot of different things to jump on. I mean, if you are enjoying every moment of your job, I would say don't ditch it. But I feel yeah. like if you are like, don't go into a job and stay at a job just for the money. Like think of, um, because I, I know money is important, but like think about like, you know, what's a side hustle you could develop, what's something you could build up so that eventually you, like you want to have op the option to pursue the type of life that you want and each person's type of life is different. Some people, they want to travel a lot. Other people, they don't want to travel that much that that's not as much of a luxury to them. So uh, just being able to have that structure in play. You mentioned how uh, it's different between being corporate and being an entrepreneur. I'm wondering if you could share some of the qualities of being corporate that helped you become a better entrepreneur. Ooh. You know, it's, it's beautiful that you asked that question because this has very much been in my mind space this past week. I'm going through rebranding and <laughs> it's funny. It's been on my resume for seven years and I kind of conveniently forgot about this as being my superpower. Uh, in corporate, what gave me the edge was quickly establishing authentic rapport with people. So being able to connect with them at a level that may not have always been at what we were working at. So for instance, my first job was working at a large aerospace defense contractor. And I had to work with a lot of engineers who really didn't see value add in talking to the master planner or the finance person. So I had to innovate into what is the conversation that's going to capture their attention, see me as somebody that they actually want to engage with. And so there's things like that experiences, like really kind of going a little bit beyond just the requirements to establish connection with people, meaningful connection. And what that did was it got them to trust me. So that's the other half is like, I, I quickly establish rapport and then I get people to, to trust me. And that went across multiple organizations. So uh, it's funny, a lot of people will tell you to niche down. And what I found in my own experience uh, is kind of a little rebellious in that sense that it actually was me being the jack of all trades and people seeing a tremendous value in me connecting and being able to translate a technical story into a business story or vice versa. Um, and knowing a bunch of random stuff helped me tremendously. So being curious, uh, being in a way that people want to be around you because they like you, you know, you, it's, I think in corporate, and this works both positively and negatively, but I would, I would sway on the side of slightly negative. You can do and do and do and do all that you're asked, but in the end, it's like who you're being in that process that really is what people are remember, remembering. Yes, you can be committed. 
and you can do all the things. And maybe that's all your job requires. But mostly networking, uh, the way it works is who you are. And so people want to be around people that are kind of glasses half full um, and, and or when the times get tough, they're willing to do what it takes or roll up their sleeves. And I always was positioning myself as that person. Uh, but what wasn't working for me in uh, entrepreneurship that worked very well for me in corporate was just not questioning and kind of going along with things at a certain point. And I, I believe as an entrepreneur, you need to still be able to be fiery and passionate about something you take a stand for. Whereas in corporate, it may not be as open to express yourself that way. Yeah. And it, it, we talk about it like the do mentality, like keep doing, doing, doing. And I feel like this is an important point to jump on because when you are in corporate and when you're trying to do entrepreneurship as a side hustle, because uh, that's how a lot of people do it. Like they, you, you do it as a side hustle first, build confidence, realize the model's working, and then you make the move. How do we continue to do, but move in the right direction and not feel like years are slipping away or uh, we're just not getting to the place we want to get to? Uh, two things on that. My, uh, well, First thing is my friend always talks about it as her money making division, that she's, she's an entrepreneur. She has a, a lot of different facets to her company and one of them is the money making division. And the second part is gratitude. So be grateful that you have a money making division and show up in a way that protects that asset because it's an asset, right? If you think about your life as like assets and liabilities, that is definitely an asset working for your favor in terms of, of cash inflow. Of course, there are certain uh, outlier situations. If you're in a very abusive job, different things that I, I have experienced that myself. And so I, I want to say to you, if you're in a, in a place where you really do not feel like you can be yourself, you're put down for being yourself, like, like vehemently and violently leave. Nothing is ever going to be worth being in that toxic environment because that will always hold you back from being and shining the best that you can be in any other facet while you have that kind of in an everyday present in your face way. But if you're, if you're you know, okay in your job, you're stable and you can do what you need to do and maybe you just don't go the extra mile and you have to be okay with like not getting the excellent performer or whatever uh, your review process is. But you know, just while you're in it, don't, don't be a, you know, an a-hole. It's kind of like be, be the person that you still would want to work with because that's always going to protect your asset right? Um, that's always going to protect whatever that money-making division is for you, even if you have dreams and goals that are beyond that. And it's important to identify that, not just from like a, you know, like the job standpoint, but also from a business standpoint, because that's going to help you get out of your job quicker if you're still at your job. Like what's your big money maker? What's the thing that makes you the most money? Uh, so for me, like podcasting is that medium for me. That's why I go so uh, hard on this area because it's just something that makes the most sense for me. And that's going to be different for each person, but you do want to figure out what that thing is uh, for, you know, again, if you have a job and you're making that consistent, like that's obvious, but look at that in your business in the same way. Yeah. That's something I walk my clients through, by the way, is a personal opportunity pipeline to cash. And so it really looks at those channels that they have to tap into cash. And what does it look like to actually generate that cash? Some of it might be a nine to five job and it's pretty clear what it is. And other ones might be more, you know, nebulous. <laughs> and those are usually the entrepreneurial channels. 
that's why I think it's really important that uh, people don't go it alone, not just from a, a mental stability and like mm -hmm. emotional support way, but then also it's so great to have a sounding board because people are going to mirror back to you things and, and it's going to give you so much feedback in your journey to be able to uh, really ground into things and or, uh, you know, quickly ditch things that maybe aren't working, right? Yeah, I mean, having that community is just so important. And you want to surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing you're doing or want to do because that's just going to help you get better at the area you want to get better at. And that's part of what I like to do with Ditch the Job, bring on guests like Aaron uh, each week who can create that kind of a community for you. And if you guys want to follow Aaron in her work, where do we go? You go to www.aaronhallecky.com. Uh, you'll just see my name in the show notes, how it's spelled, aaronhallecky.com. I have a three-day success strategies challenge, and I might just pop that in instead and give you that and give a sense of like uh, walking through some of the tips and strategies that can give you a, an edge, not only in your business, but in your life as well. And, and that's helpful. That's been helpful for people. We'll have those links in the show notes, as mentioned. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on Ditch the Job. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Likewise. Thank you, Mark.